Welcome back to the STEM Blazers podcast. This is our eighth episode, and I am so excited to be here with a wonderful new guest and, of course, my co-host, Maddie. Thanks, Joe. My name is Maddie Poole, and I'm so excited to be here today talking to Stephanie Figueroa. Stephanie is a physical design engineer at Apple, where she helps design and check the teeny tiny parts for the technology that we use every day. We are so excited to talk to her and learn about her journey as a woman in STEM. Welcome, Stephanie. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Awesome. Well, we are so glad to have you. And uh, Joe, if you want to start off with our first question... Absolutely. I would love to hear what your day-to-day looks like as a physical design engineer and kind of give us a little idea of what you do. Awesome. So let me first explain physical design engineer. So I work um, on chips. Um, I do the chip design. So at the heart of every electronic is a chip, right? So if you take the chip and you break it down into tiny, tiny little blocks, I work on those tiny little blocks. And My job is to make sure that those blocks meet all these design requirements and they're able to pass all these checks. And I am in charge of optimizing the design um, to the best of my abilities. And um, so my typical day, I would log in and check my email, see if I have anything to follow up with. I also kind of, I soon make a list of what things I want to work on for that day, just like a little roadmap. And I check my meetings, like if I have anything going on that day. And then if I kicked off some edits to my design the night before, I'll spend the day analyzing the results and trying to um, react based on what I have. That's my typical day. Very cool. Awesome. So how did you kind of get interested in engineering and what what you're currently doing? And did you kind of, did you know that when you were younger or was it something you kind of realized later on? I I would not have guessed when I was like 10 years old that I'd be doing chip design. I, I wasn't even aware of what that was. I was just like, I just want to use an electronic. That's fine. <laughs> I don't need to know what's going on. But um, growing up when I was in high school, I had this tutor who would come to my house a few times a week, who would give me some extra help in math and science. And this tutor also had an electrical engineering background. And one, mo- one um, specific visit, he came with a microcontroller. Uh, an Arduino and he was showing me how he was able to like run a few lines of code on his computer and get um, like LED lights to turn on and he was showing me his circuit and I thought it was really interesting so I'm like oh that looks really cool like I, I want to do that so that's how I was introduced to engineering and I was like you know let me do electrical engineering it sounds fun yeah that's super cool how I transitioned to my current role as a physical design engineer the way I see it um there are many opportunities that I took in my career that helped me get the next opportunity. So when I was in college, I went to a lot of job conferences that really helped me network with a lot of people and get um, exposure to different companies and opportunities. And I took an opportunity when I was in college to um, in a role where I was able to um, get some circuit design and layout experience while still in college. So I got very fortunate in that. And um, I was able to um, leverage that experience um, to be able to get my full-time role into physical design. So my internship experience helped me get um, a role as a physical design engineer. And that's how I was able to transition to this this field. Yeah, that's wonderful. It sounds like you have um, kind of set yourself up 
yourself up for a path and followed it. And it seems like you're really passionate about what you do. I'm super curious about, um, you mentioned your tutor and how they opened your mind to the idea of engineering. Was there like skills you had beforehand that kind of made you realize this is what you enjoyed doing? And I'm kind of curious how your mentor um, or that tutor acted like a mentor for you or helped open your mind to the possibilities for you. Yeah, definitely. Like growing up, I really gravitated towards math and science, even though I still had extra help in math and science, I still really enjoyed it. So that's kind of how I decided to lean more towards engineering. Like I, I wanted to go into a career that kind of utilized math and science. And my tutor had that engineering background. So he would um, introduce me to it and talk to me about it. And he just made it so possible, like to have somebody that you know, and you're close to ha- like have gone through this, it just seems more attainable. And that, that was a big influence in my life. Yeah, it creates a bridge. Yeah, definitely. Can you talk like a little bit about how, as a physical designer, what it feels like to put pieces of products together that people use every day, especially for um, such a large company like Apple? Um, I it feels um, when you're when I'm working on like my project or my designs, like you don't see the finished product, but you know you're working on a very integral part of the bigger picture. So even though I don't get to see what's going on with the other products, please don't ask me. <laughs> Um, it's really cool knowing that like I'm going to be using these products that I help um, made or small parts that went into these products and my friends and loved ones will also be using them. That's so exciting. You're like on the the front line of the newest technology coming out. Um, everyone has their own unique stories and experiences that bring them to where they are. And I'm curious about what drove you to your path and solidified you knowing what you wanted to do and who you wanted to be? Um, I think, I don't know if I had a specific moment, but all throughout like planning my career and the big force be- behind me, like pushing forward is my family. Like I th- that's a huge foundation in my life. And I, I owe everything I have to my family because we have a very supportive family and you know just how hard they work for you to have the life you have. It just, it gives you more motivation and drive to keep working because you need to, make other people's sacrifices worth it. So that was a huge driving force in my career path. That's definitely so important. We have to like remember kind of where we came from and like our parents and stuff. And uh, kind of going off of that, um, in your uh, kind of question sheet, you mentioned that uh, you were like a first generation college student and had kind of limited connections. And so can you talk a bit about how that kind of influence where you currently are and um, maybe like what you would say to young women who are like have difficult circumstances but still want to pursue STEM like what advice would you give them to help continue their career in STEM? Oh yeah most definitely I would say if you're even considering doing this career you should definitely do it like now more than ever there's so much support and encouragement for women to go into this field like any problem you have especially if you come from like a bad um, underprivileged environment such as myself. Like there's so many resources out there to help you and there's programs, there's conferences. Like you can, if you don't, you're not around people that can like mentor you, like you can definitely reach out to people through LinkedIn or just cold email. 
Um, definitely, like, don't, don't get discouraged, like, at all. I'm going to share this. When I was going through my education, I feel like I was not smart enough to do these classes. I'm like, these are so hard. And people around me would discourage me saying, these classes are very hard. Most people fail. It's very stressful, etc. right? So don't let what other people say um, or let other people's insecurities, like, impose themselves on you. If, if you don't understand certain things, work harder, study harder. That's it. Get help. There's help out there. Build a good network when you're in school and you're trying to do this path. So, Yeah, absolutely. That is awesome advice. I know it's, I mean, obviously Joe and I, we're college students now and it's definitely pretty easy to get discouraged. But um, yeah, it's definitely really important to remember, like, you just have to keep going. Like, it, it is hard and it's difficult, but it's definitely going to be worth it in the end so that is really good advice so thank you for that one thing I want to add um something that I learned from other some one of my friends is growth comes from the other side of pain so if you feel like you're struggling and you don't understand you're pushing through you're growing the 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 past like the journey is very hard but like you're growing if you're struggling and it's painful there's growth on the other side yeah I think so often we think about um, our successes as determining where we end up instead of um, possibly the things we struggle with or our failures. But there is just so much power in being able to hold the the struggles and the hard times. And it seems like you've done that really well. I'm excited to hear how you took these limiting beliefs that sometimes you were hearing from people around you. How did you transcend that? And continue working harder and where was it for you that you realized that that did not matter in determining um, your success and your growth? Um, I think when I would hear these um, comments, like, oh, these bad um, comments, I would just work harder. I would just study harder and I would just put in more effort. And I had a good support system from my family and my tutor who just kept pushing me, like, they gave me the emotional support, like, there's, I feel like, you need, like, it's, it's emotionally challenging to go through these careers, uh, the education, so I had a lot of support from my family, and then I just, if people told me it was hard, I would just work harder and ignore it. Yeah, definitely, I mean, that's obviously just sometimes what you got to do, and just push through the doubt and the fear, and, you know, focus on yourself, that is super important. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious, you have said that you were interested in science and math and that you had that foundation growing up and then you got into engineering through this amazing tutor who gave you an opportunity to work with Arduinos, which are super exciting pieces of technology. Um, I'm curious though, how once you entered the field of engineering, what are some skills that maybe you didn't anticipate needing, but are now part of your everyday? Um, I think I didn't anticipate needing a lot of networking skills and debugging skills. Um, so definitely when, when I first started uh, my first full-time job, you do need to have good networking skills because you don't know all the answers, right? You need to be able to talk to people and get them to help you out and kind of show you the path um, when you're trying to like work through your tasks and assignments. And I would also say that debugging was not something that like I had experience in or uh, specifically to my role 
Um, so that's another thing I had to definitely get used to or just learn. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they don't exactly teach like, quote unquote, networking in school. And I think, uh, I mean, most of my like networking experience and knowledge has actually come from STEM Blazers. So I think that is probably why, you know, organizations like this and it's what we're doing. That's why it's, you know, important, especially because it's kind of a underestimated skill, you know, so I think that is really important to bring up for sure. Thank you, Stephanie, so much for answering those first few questions. We are so pleased to have you here and hear your experiences. But right now we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Hi, it's Wendy. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the podcast. If you follow STEM Blazers on social media, you know that registration for our sixth annual golf tournament is in full swing. If you are in the area and would like to join us on July 28th at the beautiful Arrowhead Golf Course in Colorado, please visit us at our website at stemblazers.org. This week's episode is sponsored by Viasat. Viasat is a global communications company that believes everyone and everything in the world can be connected. For more than 35 years, Viasat has helped shape how the world communicates. Carrying on this tradition today, the company is developing the ultimate global communications network using their VS3 satellite to empower communities and impact people's lives anywhere they are, on the ground, in the air, or at sea. Thank you to Viasat for sponsoring this episode. If you'd like to learn more about Viasat, please visit them at viasat.com. Now let's get you back to the conversation. All right, uh, welcome back from our short break. We are going to jump into another round of questions. I would love to hear since a lot of professionals struggle, especially women in STEM with imposter syndrome and trying to manage that in their daily lives and also still feel successful. What is your method of dealing with that? And what would you say to women experiencing imposter syndrome? Yes, well, definitely I've experienced slash I'm experiencing imposter syndrome it's inevitable. <laughs> Maybe when I'm much older, it'll 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 disappear. But as of now, no. So one of the way, some of the methods I would do is I put in extra work really to understand what it is I'm doing. And sometimes before I go ask questions, I kind of like make sure to do my due diligence and try to see if I can find answers before asking somebody for help. Um, but definitely, uh, just put in that more work, more effort to try to understand what it is that you're working on and any doubts you have, like go ask people, you know, some, don't be afraid to ask. That's fine. Like you're already working there. What are they going to do? <laughs> yeah. Like you're there for a reason. Yeah, definitely. And also ask feedback from your managers and to see how you're doing, how you could improve and all that. And you'd be surprised when you ask for feedback, they're like, you know, you're doing pretty well, you know? Obviously, you know, there's always room for growth, but ask people for feedback so you don't feel so, you don't feel like you're not progressing much. Yeah, definitely. So how do you think your career path and kind of passion has changed you? And what kind of like skills do you think you developed kind of in order to adapt to, to be able to be successful in your career? Um, definitely my career taught me, uh, is teaching me how to, um, learn how to manage stress and learn how to work under pressure. 
um, learn how to manage many competing tasks. And I feel like these skills you can apply into many other careers or any other parts of life. So yeah, I was not expecting to learn that, but I definitely learned how to debug and um, try multiple things and see whichever one works and you can apply that to other things as well or other careers yeah so you do learn a good set of skills like you learn how to solve problems like you run into a problem like you can't hit a roadblock and be like okay I'm stuck how can I get unstuck as quickly as I can (laughs) and move on yeah, that's definitely like, the you know, the engineer's mindset is problem solving. I mean, it almost doesn't matter what it is. Like, we all have like, you know, the tools and mm-hmm. the basic ideas to do that. So yeah, that's definitely really cool. Absolutely. It sounds like that kind of piece of problem solving is really important in what you do. And it sounds like you utilize it really well. I'm curious, since we've been talking a lot about your career and how your kind of career shaped you, but I'm interested in how you take balance. A lot of us, especially as college students, we're just starting to figure out how balance works, um, combining things that we're passionate about and things that we have to do and responsibilities with our career. How do you balance those aspects of your career? Well, I try to, I have a planner. I'm very old school. I'll write things down. Um, I plan out my monthly goals, my weekly tasks, and um, I try to make time to to cook, (laughs) eat well, and also try to go to the gym to like, you know, de-stress and, you know, work your body out. Um, I just make time. I I make little slots in my calendar to do this, go take care of myself, some self-care, go to the gym, read a book, work on other things on the side. So yeah, it's all possible with good time management. It's definitely a developing skill for us college students, but yeah, it's developing. <laughs> yeah. and of course, you know, everyone, it's a, it's a process in order to do that. But it sounds like you have a, a pretty good idea of what works for you. So that's really awesome. I'm interested to hear about... Um, how you problem solve in your in your workplace it sounds like debugging is a term you've brought up quite a few times what does debugging look like for you and how is that integrated into your career okay so at work um, debugging takes so many different forms um, for example I might be working on my design and I might see um, certain metrics like really off So what I would do is kind of just jump into the design, go through um, what we call log files. Um, Log files are files that are generated through the tools and flows that we use at work where they just give a lot of data and they give you information about what's going on in your design. So I would go through that. And we do have at work um, resources to help you when debugging. So I would exhaust those resources and search. And then... After that, I'll do some experiments to see if I can improve whatever it is I'm seeing failing. And last case, I would probably go talk to one of my colleagues, which they're very helpful at work. So they'll be more than glad to help. Wow. Yeah, that that is a seems like very foolproof process um, and also maybe applicable to a lot of different kinds of problem solving. I, I've heard of similar different kinds um, of that problem solving in careers uh, and professions that are really um, different, which is really exciting that there's this similarity between them. Do you notice like using that in your life at all outside of your career? 
Most definitely. <laughs> there are times where I'm trying to figure something out aside from engineering. And I apply the same type of like method in engineering, like, okay, you're stuck. Why go back, like look at other resources. And I, I sometimes I'll take a break, go get water or coffee, and then I'll come back to it. And it really helps if you just get your mind off of it, take a break and then come back to it. Great. Have you ever had kind of a challenging experience as a woman in STEM and how may you have overcome that experience or and kind of how that impacted you? Throughout my whole career, I always I always knew I was the only girl in the room. And at the beginning, I kind of felt awkward, like, oh, I don't want to show too much feminine side. I don't want to stand out. But after a while, you know, you just realize, you know, you're there, you're progressing your career. You know, you don't have to try to, like, hide and just be yourself, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I totally relate to that. In a lot of my classes, there's there's just not a lot of girls. It's definitely something you're like aware of and you, you're like, oh, oh okay. And it, it, I feel like guys don't notice it as much. Like it's like, oh, there's just people in a room. And you're like, there's like men in a room. Like it's it seems so obvious, but yeah, it's definitely a, kind of a hard thing to be aware of. Yeah, thank you so much for answering those few questions. We're going to get to another kind of question round. It's going to be our rapid fire questions. So we're going to ask you a series of questions. We're going to switch off and you're going to answer them as fast as you can. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) Great. I'll start us off. Uh, What did you want to be when you were five? An actress. (laughs) (laughs) What is your best life hack? My best life hack is when you're going through a very stressful time, put on a Put in a little extra effort in the morning to get ready. If you look good, you feel good, and you do well, especially under pressure. I love that. What is your favorite way to de-stress? I like to get a book and have a nice cup of tea. Awesome. Um, What is the best compliment you have ever received? There is strength in being the only woman in the room. That's really good. What is your favorite motto? Real education starts when school ends. That's a good one for sure. Um, what is something that you have been wanting to learn? I want to learn how to do a Dutch braid, <laughs> but I'm still learning. <laughs> That's so fun. Oh, and then what is your favorite song or just like an inspiring song for our mentor playlist? My favorite song is I Was Here by Beyonce. I love that. I nice. cannot wait one. to see that on our enters playlist. You do? You love that song? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we have a mentors playlist that has all of these songs um, and you can check that out at STEM Blazers and it'll be up there. Thank you for adding to it. That's a great one to add. I love that song. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And this is, so this is our last question that we ask all of our guests. So standing where you are now, uh, what advice would you give to your high school self? I would tell myself to... You know, ignore the thoughts you have in the in your head, negative thoughts and in the mouths of others and just, just know you can do it. Yeah, that's really good advice. Great. And now for our listeners, we have the trivia question of the episode. And our question today is, according to Moore's law, the number of transistors on a computer chip doubles every how many years? Kind of a technical question, but it's a fun one. And you can find the answer on our Instagram at STEMblazers. Check it out.
And thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining us on this episode. We have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. And it has been such a pleasure to hear your story and to um, hear what you have to say and listen to all your advice. So on behalf of STEM Blazers, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Great. And thank you to the listeners for joining us for another STEM Blazers episode. If you want more information or to stay up to date on what we're working on, check out our website at stemblazers.org or our Facebook and Instagram pages at stemblazers. 